Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, around 2,000 people are reported to have been killed in the latest conflict between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Meanwhile, European Union and Arab League foreign ministers hold emergency meetings to discuss the violence. And another 6.3 magnitude earthquake has hit northwestern Afghanistan. We begin with the latest on the Israel-Gaza conflict. Fierce fighting is continuing as the Palestinian side has reported more than 900 deaths from Israeli attacks since fresh fighting began on the weekend. Meantime, Israel claims that over a thousand have been killed in Hamas offensives. The Israeli military says it has recaptured Gaza's border areas from Hamas and that a plane carrying ammunition from the U.S. has arrived. U.S. media say Washington may send a second aircraft carrier towards Israel. Hamas has launched rockets targeting central Israel, including Tel Aviv. The United Nations says the fighting has displaced more than 180,000 people in the Gaza Strip and the number is still rising. John Gambro has more from Jerusalem. Israel has continued its airstrikes on the Gaza Strip and we're seeing something different from the Israeli military. In previous rounds of fighting against Hamas, they had largely done pinpoint strikes where they target individual high-rises or other buildings where they suspected Hamas militants were inside. This time around though, we're seeing city blocks destroyed in this bombing. Now, analysts describe this as a way for the Israeli military to potentially soften up the area before they go in on this widely anticipated ground offensive. They've already called up some 300,000 troops to be part of this. But at the same time, this also raises the risk for the civilians that are trapped inside of Gaza between the Hamas militants and the potentially advancing Israeli army. Meanwhile, we've had international aid groups, the United Nations, the International Committee of the Red Cross, as well as the World Health Organization, asked for a humanitarian corridor to be opened up into the Gaza Strip so they can bring in needed supplies such as medicine, bandages, and the rest. The Red Cross says that a lot of the injuries they're seeing from people in Gaza are either from blast injuries, from airstrikes, or from uh, rounds of ammunition being fired. Meanwhile, the Red Cross says they're also trying to reach out to both the Israeli and the Hamas side to discuss those who are held either prisoner or as hostage. Now on the Hamas side, we know that they've taken over 100 Israelis in this attacks, in the attack that started on Saturday. Hamas had made the threat to potentially execute these hostages over the Israeli airstrikes. Hamas has not carried that out, and it may have been, as analysts say, a way for them to try to stop the punishing airstrikes as they've seen so far. Meanwhile, the Red Cross says they're also trying to reach out to the Israeli side to find out if there's any Hamas militants that they've taken prisoner. The Red Cross, however, says that those negotiations are ongoing and they've not had any luck to talk to any of those hostages or those captives. That was John Gambrell reporting on the latest in the Israel-Palestine conflict. Foreign ministers from the European Union have wrapped up an emergency meeting on the situation in Israel and Gaza. They say the EU will continue sending humanitarian aid to Palestine while standing firmly alongside Israel. Alex Kadir has this report from Brussels. 
It's been a messy couple of days for the European Union and its position on the situation in Israel and Gaza. Shortly after the violence erupted, heads of state from across the bloc rushed to condemn Hamas's terrorist attack and expressed their strong solidarity with Israel. Among them was European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, who said Israel had a right to defend itself against what she called heinous attacks. But it's the EU's financial support of Palestine which ended up in the spotlight. Oliver Varheli, the EU's neighborhood commissioner, said all the development funding to Palestine would be suspended pending review. The problem is he announced this without consulting any of his colleagues, his boss or any of the EU's member states, prompting a sharp U-turn from the EU and clarification from its top diplomat. The overwhelming majority was against the idea or the proposal of uh, suspending the payments to the Palestinian Authority. This is the thing that matters. If uh, they consider that it has to be done a review, we'll do a review. But this doesn't mean that the support to the Palestinian Authority is being suspended or the payments cancelled. That was Alex Kadir on the EU emergency meeting for resolving the ongoing tensions in the Middle East. Foreign ministers from the Arab League are also holding an emergency meeting to discuss political steps to stop the violence. Meanwhile, Egypt is moving to prevent a mass exodus from the Gaza Strip into its Sinai Peninsula. Atlal Maruki has more from Cairo. Egypt has been opening the border so far only for um, health care and emergency cases alone. Um, the Egyptian government um, usually regulates the flow of Palestinians through the Rafah Passage, the only crossing between the Gaza Strip and any other country except Israel. Um, and since then, aid has been going in. Um, the Egyptian Red Crescent has been cooperating with the Palestinian Red Crescent in terms of supplying it with medication, food, and all other necessities. Uh, but this also comes, as you've mentioned, there are news that the, th the, the hundreds of thousands who are being displaced may turn to the Egyptian border and try um, to come in. Uh, but at this point, Egypt is not um, opening its border for this uh, purpose. Egypt has uh, always um, stressed that it is quite important important for the Palestinians to take hold of their land in Gaza and then a massive exodus or the evacuation of Gaza means that the entire Palestinian territory and the Palestinian cause have been wiped out basically and therefore um, Egypt while it will keep on providing support and assistance it is not going um, to allow a mass exodus out of Gaza into Egypt. That was Atla Maruki in Egypt. U.S. President Joe Biden has vowed full support for Israel after several American citizens were killed in the conflict between Israel and Palestine. Jim Spillman reports from Washington. U.S. President Joe Biden was briefed Tuesday morning by his national security team about the situation in Israel. The president then spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. President Biden reiterated his support for Israel. We must be crystal clear. We stand with Israel. We stand with Israel, and we will make sure Israel has what it needs to take care of its citizens, defend itself, and respond to this attack. The White House has also been communicating with European allies to coordinate the response to the crisis. Militant groups in Gaza are believed to be holding more than 100 people prisoner, including Americans. Families of some of those U.S. citizens being held are calling for their safe return. The Israeli government has to bring back all the hostages that are kept in hostage by the Hamas terrorists. I want also 
to speak about the responsibility that the U.S. administration, President Biden, and the Secretary of State Blinken has for the lives of every U.S. citizen that is out there. President Biden says U.S. experts will consult with Israeli officials on a strategy to bring those prisoners home safely. That was Jim Spellman in the U.S. Capitol. Still in Asia, another earthquake has hit northwestern Afghanistan. Media reports say the magnitude 6.3 earthquake in the early hours of Wednesday shook the northwest of the country at a depth of 10 kilometers. A series of quakes struck Afghanistan last week, killing over 2,400 people. Zamari Ali Abbasing reports from Afghanistan. That was a really heavy earthquake this morning again, uh, which shocked many areas, including the uh, provincial capital. Uh, the people here, there are dozens of tents everywhere, raised uh, in roadsides, and uh, there are ordinary and local people uh, that are, are gathered from their shelters and houses because of the fear of the aftershocks and other earthquakes that uh, we've been experiencing since last couple of days that I am here in Herat city. Families, children, kids in these tents, and they've been living in fear in these tents along with their families and they've been uh, ha having a hard time because the nights are much more chilly and it's cold for them and I have been speaking to most of them in this area and they told me that this is a huge and chaotic moment they have been frustrated because of the recent casualties and fatalities in many villages and there are still fears like it's been continuously happening. That was Zamari Ali Abbasin reporting from Herat. In North America, the union representing Hollywood writers has announced a new labor contract with a 99% approval rate. Members of the Writers Guild of America had been on a historic strike that lasted 148 days. Despite the gains they've made in their new labor contract, many are experiencing job anxiety as actors continue with their own strike. Edis Tiansen explains. After a near five-month-old strike, writers have finally ratified a new labor contract worth $233 million, up from the $86 million offer by the studios. Though they've ended their strike, many writers like Vinny are still at the picket lines showing solidarity with actors, who were also there for the writers when they first walked out of their jobs. And some actors feel that a good deal brokered for writers could now bring about a good deal for them. I mean, we've been entirely optimistic because seeing that the AMPTP was willing to, unfortunately after 100 plus days, but willing to sit down with the WGA and then meet in the middle, which is the point of a negotiation every three years. And so that means that some of the requests that we made early on in this process should be able to find a happy medium. The longest strike in the history of the Writers' Union have secured significant benefits for its nearly 11,500 members, including additional bonuses from viewership performance on streaming platforms, minimum staffing requirements in writing rooms, as well as limits on the use of artificial intelligence. But despite the historic gains, some writers are feeling anxious about their future. The multi-front strike has already caused a major contraction in the entire TV and film industry. And many are worried that with the new standards, it may be harder to land a job.
Negotiations between the actors' union SAG-AFTRA and the film studios are expected to resume on Wednesday as actors reach their three-month mark at the picket lines. It's still unclear when they could reach a compromise, but it could take months for the entertainment industry to return to its normal pace. That was Edis Tiansen reporting from Hollywood. Recapping today's headlines. Around 2,000 people are reported to have been killed in the latest conflict between Israel and the Palestinian militant group Hamas. Meanwhile, European Union and Arab League foreign ministers hold emergency meetings to discuss the violence. And another 6.3 magnitude earthquake has hit northwestern Afghanistan. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.